Today's first reading is going to be from Psalm 2 on page 543 in your church Bible. Why do the nations conspire and the people plot in vain? The kings of the earth rise up and the rulers band together against the Lord and against his anointed, saying, let us break their chains and throw off their shackles. The one enthroned in heaven laughs. The Lord scoffs at them. He rebukes them in his anger and terrifies them in his wrath, saying, I have installed my king on Zion, my holy mountain. I will proclaim the Lord's decree. He said to me, you are my son. Today I have become your father. Ask me, and I will make the nations your inheritance, the ends of the earth your possession. You will break them with a rod of iron. You will dash them to pieces like pottery. Therefore, you kings, be wise. Be warned, you rulers of the earth. Serve the Lord with fear and celebrate his rule with trembling. Kiss his son, or he will be angry, and your way will lead to destruction, for his wrath can flare up in a moment. Blessed are all who take refuge in him. Awesome, thanks, Matt. Um, that second reading was supposed to be Luke 11, verse 1 to 4, um, but don't worry, we'll read that together now. So Luke 11, verse 1 to 4. Um, if you've got your Bibles open, we're looking at the Lord's Prayer. And so we're going to look at Luke 11, which is Luke's account of the Lord's Prayer. Um, and here's what he says. One day, when Jesus was praying in a certain place, when he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, just as John taught his disciples. He said to them, when you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread. Forgive us our sins. For we also forgive everyone who sins against us. And lead us not into temptation. So today we're looking at at those three words in the middle. Your kingdom come. Um, But first, this is me when I was in America. Um, I was there for for five months. And this is 19-year-old Stephen dressed as an American choir boy. Yes, I was part of the choir in America. And you see the converses? Style never leaves. It's it's still there. Um, But... I was in America for July the 4th, Independence Day, which is a big national holiday celebrating American freedom from British rule. And we had a special church service with singing. So there there was I, uh, British Stephen, in an all-American choir, singing classic songs like, God bless America, America the beautiful, the star-spangled banner. We're singing words like this and this. While the storm clouds gather far across the sea, let us swear allegiance to a land that's free. Let us all be grateful for a land so fair. And I've got nothing against Americans or America, but like it's only now, looking back, that I think, what was I singing? Like I've sworn allegiance to America, to a land that's free. What is that all about? What did I really want to say those words? Again, nothing against Americans. But like, with the Lord's Prayer, we might do something similar. We, 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 might, we might do something like, like Choir Stephen. We, we, might, we might think, what on earth are we saying when we're saying those words? Do you want to be saying those words we've just read? And in particular, those three words, your kingdom come. What do they mean? And do we really want to say them? Um, and you should be challenged this morning. You should go home saying, whoa, that's what those words mean. Because this part of the Lord's Prayer, it ripples into every area of life like a stone hitting the water and impacts and should change how we pray. So, I'll pray as we begin. Let's pray. 
Father, thank you so much for your word. Thank you so much for that, that Lord's prayer you've given to us. Thank you for those three words, your kingdom come. Please teach us great truths and great things from your word, we pray. Amen. Um, if you were with an activity pack, one page one here, page two is the second part of the talk. If you want another one, there's one here. I don't know where I put it. I'll leave it there. Um, lovely. Because uh, in Luke 11, your kingdom come. Well, in the Lord's Prayer, it comes before we get on to asking God anything. Like legendary preacher man Martin Lloyd-Jones, he said this. He said, before we think of our own personal needs, we should have this burning desire for the kingdom of God to come and for the name of God to be glorified and magnified over all. This should be our greatest desire as Christians, so let's have a look at what it means. Because the first thing we see from these three words is, your kingdom come. Well, there's a kingdom, and when there's a kingdom, there's a king. We all have a king who rules, not just our lives, but absolutely everything. A mighty, a powerful king. We all have a king. And Psalm 2 verse 4, well that says, the one enthroned in heaven laughs, saying, I have installed my king. On Zion, my holy mountain. This king is God's king. This king is King Jesus. Um, and if you've got one of these packs, it's now blindfold time. So if you want to get your blindfolds out, you can put your blindfolds on. And everyone else, if you can close your eyes and simulate a blindfold, that would be great. Yeah, that's it. Close your eyes. Wonderful. Brilliant. Now, with your eyes closed, with blindfolds on, can you see anything? Should be no. Um, but... Is there still light around you? Is the sun still kind of shining through the windows? Is the, are the light still beaming down? Yes, of course they are. Like, even if you close your eyes, light is still there. And living without Jesus as king is kind of like living our whole life with our eyes closed, thinking there's no light. Because even if we don't see it, Jesus is king. So you can open your eyes, blindfolds off now. There you go. Now you all wish you had a kid's pack, don't you? Um, but so, so please don't close your eyes to the truth. Do you know you have a king? And if you do, how are you living in relation to that king? Are you loving him? Are you talking to him? Are you serving him? If you want to find out more about this king, speak to me after the service. I'll be hanging on at the back. Come and chat to me. I'd love to tell you more. Because um, pray in your kingdom come. Well, it means we look to the future when the king returns. Uh, praying these three words is kind of like counting down the days till Christmas. My friend Michael, he can tell you exactly how many sleeps till Christmas, even now. Like, if you ever need to know, just phone Michael. Um, instantly, anyone know how many sleeps till Christmas? No? Let me tell you, it's 267 days. There you go. Presents, get them get sorted out early. But, but, but for Michael, like, he's 40 years old, by the way, and he's counting down for Christmas because he is so excited. 40 years old and absolutely buzzing for Christmas. He cannot wait. Even now, he's looking forward till Christmas. And that's kind of what should happen with us every time we say those three words, your kingdom come. Our stomach should flutter with excitement. Like our hearts should start racing, goosebumps up our arm. Because, because for Christians, we cannot wait for what's coming. We cannot wait to see the King. Because for Christians trusting Jesus, we aren't counting down to the first Christmas. No, we're counting down to the second Christmas. When Jesus comes back, not as one of these, not as a baby, but when he comes back as a King. Sorry. That's not a real baby, don't worry. <laughs> when he comes back as the king, 
the almighty king coming to batter up and crush all evil, sickness, suffering, sadness, death and pain. All of that will end when Jesus comes back as the king. So these words, they echo those great words of Revelation. Come, Lord Jesus. Your kingdom come means we're praying for Jesus to come back and rule. Because when he does, it is going to be indescribable. Can you, uh, imagine for me, um, the greatest party you can. For me, it was my, my, my brother's space party. Like we had foil hel- helmets made of foil space helmets. We had water pistols. We had a space rocket cake. We even had a ball pit pit thing, whatever it's called. Um, it was amazing. But even the greatest party on this earth pales in comparison to the party and celebration and joy when Jesus returns. There will be immense celebrating. There will be epic rejoicing because the king is back and he's bringing heaven with him. So I hope you cannot wait for that day. So uh, for us, are we genuinely praying for the return of Jesus? Are we wanting him to come back? Or are we clinging to this life like the first page of the endless book that is eternal life? Are we saying things like, I want Jesus to come back, but but only after I'm married. Or, I want Jesus to come back, but only after my 10th birthday is going to be awesome. Or, I want Jesus to come back, but only after that holiday I've planned to Bognor Regis, I've spent thousands on. Praying your kingdom come means we look to the future when the king returns. And then we'll see him face to face. It's going to be awesome to the max. But it's also going to be terrifying. Because when Jesus comes back, he comes back as judge. Judge of all. And that is a scary thought. Because he will crush wickedness and evil. Matthew 25 says that the unrighteous will go away to eternal life. Or the unrighteous will go away to eternal punishment, but the righteous to eternal life. So when we pray these words, we are praying for Jesus to come and bring eternal life and eternal punishment. We're praying for him to bring heaven and hell. And I'll talk about how that should influence us in the second part of the talk. But being on the wrong side of Jesus is a terrifying thought. Psalm 2 verse 9 tells us he breaks his enemies with a rod of iron. He dashes them like pottery and his enemies' ways lead to destruction. It's scary. But the glorious and incredible news of the Bible is that Jesus, at the first Christmas, came to earth and at the first Easter died on the cross as our scarred saviour who died and came to life again to defeat death, to defeat sin, so that those who trust in him can have eternal life forever in God's coming kingdom, in heaven. And to be safe, we just need to trust in Jesus. And that's why, that's why our hearts should flutter as we pray these words. That's why our, our stomachs should, should, should churn with excitement. Because praying your kingdom come means we look to the future when the king returns. So whenever you pray the Lord's Prayer, whenever you pray these three words, we're going to pray it later in the service, whenever you pray those words, remember. Say it slowly and remember Jesus is coming back. And get excited. The word we use. And if you've got an activity pack, it's time to turn over. We're on page two. Oh, be excited. Um, you should be excited. So, so, so far we've seen praying your kingdom come means we look to the future when the king returns. 
But now we're going to see how it influences our prayer lives and change how we pray and how we live. Um, now, this is another American story for you. When I was there, I stayed with this guy here. This is Nick. Um, say hello to Nick. Um, he, he, uh, he was classic American. He, he owned a big American pickup truck. Uh, and, and we drove all around the place, him on the wrong side of the car, me on the right side of the car. You know how it is. Uh, and America, they don't use circles for their road systems. So they have no roundabouts. And they drive on the other side of the road, the wrong side of the road. So it causes all sorts of chaos on the roads. And Nick, right, whenever he'd see chaos on the roads or a potential accident, what he'd do, he'd slam his foot on the brakes and then fling his arm across, like second seatbelt style. Like, I'm still bruised from Nick's arm fling. But like, he saw danger, he saw chaos, and he, he had a natural reaction. And as Christians, we have a natural reaction too. Like, when we see or hear things like Westminster on the news, when we see death and destruction, when we hear uh, horrible stuff going on, then, then we cry out, your kingdom come, Lord. But because, because we cry out for the king to come back and end pain and end death and end suffering. So when you read horrors in the news, have that Nick reaction, pray, your kingdom come on this earth. When you see blue flashing lights running past you, uh, pray your kingdom come on this earth. Or when a friend tells you some horrific news in their family, pray your kingdom come on this earth. Because we pray your kingdom come on this earth because we long for the king to return. And praying your kingdom come should also give us an urgent desire to tell our friends about Jesus. Um, I've got an Australian friend who... This, this week, sent a message to a load of us. She said, please pray, Cyclone Debbie's on the way. Uh, scary stuff, right? Uh, um, she's safe, thankfully, because uh, luckily we have technology that alerts us to major storms heading our way. So she was able to tell us two days in advance. She was able to, to know two days in advance what was coming and so she could get herself and her family safe. Now, that's a cyclone. Coming to this world is Jesus Christ, the mighty king who will judge. The unstoppable force coming to crush wickedness once and for all. Psalm 2 verse 10 puts it like this. It says, be wise, be warned, you rulers of the earth. Kiss his son, Jesus, or he will be angry and your way will lead to destruction. Blessed to all who take refuge in him. Today, you have been warned, he's coming. And the only safe place from that coming force is in Jesus. Psalm 2 says, blessed are all who take refuge in him. He's that shelter. He's that refuge. He's that safe place. And no doubt all of us here know people who don't know Jesus, who don't trust in Jesus, who are outside in that storm, who aren't safe. So we pray your kingdom come, thinking of those people, praying and pleading with God for those people to be saved. There is such urgency. And praying those words should lead to action too. I mean, have you wondered why we at Bishop Paynton Church, why we talk about Jesus so much? Why at Explorers and Rooton on a Thursday evening, we tell you all about Jesus every Thursday? Why we run Life Explorer courses, why we run Youth Mission Weeks? We do it because we know what's coming. We do it because we are desperate 
for people to be safe in Jesus. So as a Christian, pray your kingdom come in the lives of your friends and family and people you know who don't know Jesus. Why not go home today and, and in your homes make a list of all people you don't know, all people you know who don't know Jesus, and make it your priority to pray for them every single day. Pray your kingdom come for each one of them. And do something about it too. Like invite your friends to Rooted and Explorers on Thursday. Like, like to Easter services going on at church here. To events at church. Make sure you are involved in spreading the gospel. And my usual plug from the front. Why not join the Thursday Rooted team? We are desperate for helpers. When we have 50 kids there after Easter. And we want to tell them about Jesus. So come along and help out if you can. So we pray your kingdom come for the lives of the lost. Because the king is coming. Um, that's my phone. Here it is, if you don't believe me. There it is. People make fun of me because it's not new, because it has no colour screen, because it doesn't even have a camera. No, this thing is a beautiful 15-year-old, still-going-strong phone with a, one of those green, weird screens on the back. Oh, love it. But, but imagine that I'd ordered this thing off the internet, the Samsung Galaxy X or 10, whatever it is, with a foldable screen, not even out yet. But imagine I'd ordered that, and it was coming tomorrow to replace... The Nokia brick. Exciting, right? But, but how ridiculous would it be if I bought a brand new case for my Nokia brick, if I, if I opened it up and hoovered the inside, polished every little bit of it, if, if, if I went home today and built a little bed for my Nokia brick next to me, j- just so it could sleep there off the hard wooden table, if I engraved my initials on it, oh, that would be utterly ridiculous. I'm getting a brand new phone. And even still, look at it. Um, why would I invest so heavily into something destined for the bin? Why would I treat it like a king? And see, that's kind of what praying your kingdom come does for us too. It, see, it reminds us that this world is not it. There is a far greater and far more glorious future coming with an awesome king. So as we pray those three words, we get perspective. Understanding that this world does not last and will not last. And it will not and does not satisfy us. Just as it would be ridiculous for me to spend all my time and energy investing in my brick. Like, it's ridiculous for us to make things of this earth our king. Kings are things that we pour energy and time into, things that rule us, things that we're crushed if we don't get them. As soon as we start making things of this world king, well, we get crushed. If we make family our king, um, then as soon as one of our family members is struggling, we'll be broken. If we make relationships our king, then as soon as we're single, we'll be crushed. If we make sports our king, then as soon as we're too injured or too old to play or or, or our team is losing, then we'll feel empty and worthless. If we make friends our king and spend all our time trying to please other people, well, we'll be exhausted and never feel good enough. And if we make money our king, we spend our time chasing after something that doesn't even last. When we lose a job, when we lose money, we'll be despondent and broken. No. Only if Jesus is our king will we never be utterly crushed, never be utterly broken in this world because he's the king who was utterly crushed and utterly broken for us. And he will never let us down. 
So we pray your kingdom come for ourselves as the prayer to pray to remind us of who our king is. And as we pray, we are asking God to, so, to extend his royal power over every part of our lives, to so fully reign and rule in us that we obey him and want to obey him with all our hearts, energy and joy. And so all other kings fade away into insignificance. And if you're sitting there thinking, you know what? I'm not loving King Jesus like I should. He's not ruling my life like I should. Well, make sure you pray these three words, your kingdom come in my life every day. I I pray them daily for yourself, calling for him to come and reign. We pray your kingdom come for ourselves because Jesus is our king. Praying your kingdom come means we look to the future when the king returns. Let me pray. Father, thank you that your King, King Jesus, is coming back. Thank you that it is going to be absolutely glorious when he does. Father God, help us to pray these words in all situations for the world, for our friends and family, and for ourselves. And would you rule and reign in our lives, we pray. Amen.